Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I am Rabbi Barry Chesler, and today's Daf is Masachat Sukkah Yutet, Tractate Sukkah, folio page 19. Today, we conclude the sugyah with which yesterday's Daf ended. The issue raised concerned a sukkah in which one of the walls was actually the columns of an achsadra, a roof porch extending out from a dwelling. The columns are within three tfachim of each other. All agree that the sukkah thus made is kosher. But if the columns are more than three tfachim apart, there is a dispute between Abaye and Rava, in which Abaye applies the principle of pitikra, by which the roof is said to extend down, forming a wall with the columns, and Rava does not. At the end of yesterday's daf, there was agreement that the Amora Shmuel would consider such a sukkah invalid. Today we investigate how Abaye and Rava would regard Rav's opinion. Abaye is not surprisingly like Rav. Rava would argue, however, that for Rav the principle of Pitakra applies in the case of the Achsadra Bavika because the partitions or Mechitzot were made for the pavilion. But in the case of the Sukkah, they are not made for the Sukkah. They are still considered part of the pavilion. The Mishnah, which appears on 17a, is cited as a refutation of Abai's opinion. A courtyard which is surrounded by porches, Chatzera Mukefet Achsadra, where the edge of the roof is more than four amot of the house, is invalid as a Sukkah. But why should this be according to Abaye? Say that it is a case of P. Tikra Yoreid Vesotain. Rava offers an interpretation of the Mishnah according to Abaye as referring to a case where the schach is on the same level as the roof of the porch, so one cannot distinguish the edge of the roof. In such a case, there can be no Yoreid Vesotain because there is no recognizable edge of the roof to make an imaginary wall. Such a sukkah is clearly invalid. There is a difference in how this was taught in the two academies the Surah and Pampadita. The Surah was taught as described, whereas in Pampadita, everyone agreed that placing schach on the porch without columns within three tfachim of each other creates an invalid sukkah. If the columns are within three tfachim, Abaye says it is kosher, whereas Rava says it is invalid. For Abaye, it is kosher because of the principle of Lavud, one of the legal fictions the rabbis create. Whereas for Rava, Lavud does not apply. Lavud is the principle by which the space, here between the columns, is said to be filled in, creating a wall for the Sukkah. The Halakha is decided according to the first understanding of Rava, that the columns have to be within three Tfachim of each other, and Pitakra does not apply. There is an incident involving Ravashi, who finds Rav Kahana putting Schach on a porch without columns. He asked him if he did not hold with Rava that columns were required for the Sukkah to be kosher. Rav Kahana explains that he has followed the laws of Mavoi, in which the lachi, the post which is erected to permit carrying, can be flushed with a wall so that it is visible either from the inside or the outside, but not the other, that this lachi constituted the column necessary for a kosher Sukkah. 
The next sugya takes us to the next Mishnah. It begins with a Baraita, a Tanaitic teaching not found in the Mishnah, which states that Pesel, legal schach, that extends beyond the Sukkah, is treated like a Sukkah. Ula states that this refers to schach that not only extends behind the Sukkah, but also has three walls of its own, is large enough, and has more shade than sun. Why then? If it satisfies all these requirements, must it be stated at all that it is a sukkah? What might you think, Mahu Datema, that because the walls were not originally made for the second sukkah, but rather were part of the interior of the first sukkah, that the requisite intent for a sukkah was missing? Kamash Malan, it comes to teach us that here too the sukkah is valid. The second explanation is recorded in the name of Rabbah and Rab Yosef. Here the reeds extend in front of the sukkah and one of the walls extend with it, but not the other. The question is whether or not the extension has enough walls for a valid sukkah. Third explanation is offered by Rabbah Bar Barchana in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Here the majority of the sukkah has more shade than sunlight, but a small part actually has more sunlight than shade. Even here, the sukkah is considered valid by the Baraita. Finally, Rabbi Oshaya mentions that the issue concerns a piece of invalid schach less than three tfachim wide in a small sukkah. Rabbi Oshaya wants to maintain that invalid schach should be held to the same standard as empty space. Rabbi Abba suggests a difference. Invalid schach can be combined with valid schach, and one can sleep beneath it, whereas with empty space, valid schach can be combined with it but one cannot sleep under the empty space. The question is now raised, are there other materials which combine to make something valid but remain invalid themselves? Rabbi Yitzchak ben Yashiv provides an answer. Liquid mud, which can be combined to make the 40 seahs of a kosher mikvah, but one may not immerse in it. The Mishnah now takes up the question of a sukkah without a flat roof. If one makes a sukkah in a cone shape or leans it against a wall, so that the roof and the wall are the same, Rabbi Eliezer declares it invalid because it lacks a roof, whereas the sages permit it. A Baraita clarifies Rabbi Eliezer's position. When they raise the sukkah off the ground, one tefach, or separated from the wall, one tefach, then it is valid. The opinion of the sages is explained. Sloping roofs are considered roofs. There is a story involving Abaye and Rav Yosef. Abai finds Rabbi Yosef in a bridal bed in a sukkah. He asks him, according to whose opinion do you follow? Rabbi Eliezer? You leave the sages to hold like Rabbi Eliezer? He said the Baraita has been reversed. Rabbi Eliezer declares it valid, and the sages declare it invalid. So, you abandon the Mishnah for a Baraita? But the Mishnah is actually a dat yachid, a single opinion. For we learn in a Brita, he who makes a sukkah cone-shaped or leans it against a wall, Rabbi Natan says, Rabbi Eliezer invalidates it because it has no roof, but the sages declare it kosher. The last Mishnah of our chapter. A large reed mat, but is made for lying on, it is susceptible to impurity and may not be used for schach. If it is made for schach, then you may cover the sukkah with it, and it cannot become impure. Rabbi Eliezer says it doesn't matter if it is large or small, but it is made for lying on and it is susceptible to impurity, and we don't use it for schach, 
For schach, one may cover the sukkah with it, and it is not susceptible to impurity. The Talmud raises the possibility of an internal contradiction in the Mishnah. First, the Mishnah says if one made it for reclining, it is susceptible to impurity, and we don't use it for schach. The reason he made it was for reclining, so if he made it stam without specifying, it must be for schach. Then it says if he made it for schach, we cover with it, and it is not susceptible to impurity. The reason he made it here is for schach. So if he made it stam without specifying, it must be for reclining. There is no difficulty. In the first case, it refers to a large mat. In the second case, to a small mat. An objection is raised. It is fine for the rabbis, but for Rabbi Eliezer, there is a difficulty. For it says in the Mishnah, Rabbi Eliezer says, whether large or small, if he makes it for reclining, it is susceptible to impurity. We don't use it for schach. The reason is he made it for reclining. So if he made it stam, it is for schach. In the end, it is, at the end is Rabbi Eliezer, he made it for schach, we cover with it, and is not susceptible to impurity. The reason is he made it for schach, so if stam, it must be for reclining. But rather, Rava says, with a large mat, everyone agrees that stam is for schach, but they disagree about it is a small mat. Tanakana thinks stam is for reclining, but Rabbi Eliezer holds that stam can also be for schach. We will finish this sugya tomorrow. Until then. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.